Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Jenna and Sarah's here. Hi, guys. So we're moving along in this BDSM season. We covered the definitions. We covered titles. Today, we get to cover fetishes. Yes, we do. I like this one. <laughs> Why do you like this one? Because one, I get to see you get grossed out. <laughs> oh, yeah. As if yours isn't in there. Too. Oh, I know. I'm in there, too. Yes. I, I have a couple of them that will make me squirmy. So we're going to dive right in. What are we going to call this episode? It's important not to yuck anyone else's yum. I like that. I think we all have that inherent default of like judgment over others. And that's where we get to grow and be like, hey, this isn't for me. So let's not shit on everybody else. I think it's a common theme in life that should just be upheld all the way around. But I think so. As in all things, we need to remind people. We are not going to yuck anyone else's yum today, except for the fact that you will hear me gagging. And I still don't have any judgment, (laughs) but it's not for me. (laughs) So yeah, one of the things I wanted to say is I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the definitions. Oh, you know what? You're adorable, but let's also be real. No, you're going to be laughing. I'm going to be laughing. (laughs) All right, so let's start in. So the first one, of course, is bondage. Yeah. So bondage paired with discipline, generally the B in BDSM stands for bondage, and it's really any type of play that has the goal to restrain somebody in any way, right? So it could be belts, it could be rope, it could be chain, it could be tape, it could be handcuffs, handcuffs, it could be a chair, a couch, a belt, whatever you have that can immobilize somebody, that is what we're talking about with bondage. And they can produce different results that can range from feeling like you're wrapped in a cozy blanket or you're being extremely restricted. You can't move and things are being done to you without any autonomy. Okay. Yes. Have I done it? I know I have. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a generally all the time repertoire. Yes. It's a good starting point. Especially if, I'm being, <laughs> especially if I'm being a brat, then I definitely get tied up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Along with punishment score. Okay, so I don't think we have any stories because we keep talking about this one. So we're going to move on to the number two, which is breath play. Yeah, so breath play is anything that reduces the ability of the participant to breathe or restricts blood flow to the head to achieve a similar effect. Hands using to be chokeholds over the mouth, placing pressure on their neck. You can use rope around the neck or the chest, especially in rope bondage that restrict breath and potentially blood flow, a mask, right? You see the get masks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Any sort of mask that's placed over the head that it makes it harder for a person to get fresh air or restricts air completely. And then using other materials around the neck or face to induce the feeling of choking and suffocation is what we're talking about there. With this one though, I'm going to give a serious caution. 
It is considered an edge play. It does have extreme consequences when it goes wrong. Even experienced practitioners can have potentially fatal accidents. So it's really advised that you are deeply educated and aware of the risks before attempting this play. And we are talking like crushed esophaguses, broken hyoid bones, all the bad things, death, and then injury that can be very hard to either heal from or heal from at all. So permanent consequences sometime on this one. And so my other sidebar to that is that you have to have extreme consent. This needs to be talked about. This needs to be... As all things. Correct. But this one's seriously important to have your boundaries right? Whether we're using red, yellow, green, whether we're using eye contact, fingers, fingers, any sort of something that's going to allow your partner to cue into the fact that yes, we're good. Hey, I'm struggling maybe a little more or like full stop. That's super important. And I will say that I am for myself, a huge fan of breath play. Like I love the almost passing out sensation. I don't think I've ever experienced to the point and I don't think I'd want to on purpose where it's actually making me pass out. I like that feeling of the lightheaded and the whatever. And matter of fact, that generally happens as I'm coming and the minute I'm given airflow back, I come so much harder. Or I can be on the edge of an orgasm and the minute I have air again, I'll just explosively come all over. So I love it. Do you do that? I, I have fears around it. I you haven't. So I haven't played in that realm. I have had a mask on my face, but it didn't restrict, it didn't take away. It was a complete blackout mask. See, I think that would freak me out. The mask part is so weird how you would, (laughs) I think the mask part would freak me out. I don't know. I've seen some extreme breath play ones, especially where you go and use latex and stuff where they can seal you into your own little thing. And then you only have the two nosals. Like I have a deviated septum. So if I'm only given access through my nose, not only is it already a struggle because you're giving me one orifice to breathe out of, right? but I have issues breathing. So if I was to just have like all of that over my head and just the two little nose hose, I, I think I would panic. I, uh, see, I'm panicking just hearing you talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time your mask comes out, it starts to be like, no, Jenna says. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh my god it's so true so we oh my god the yeah i had a lover once that did the blindfold in the handcuffs and i had fear around the handcuffs the blindfold not so much but the handcuffs were a big thing because i was really wrapped up into a book yeah and but then i overcame that because every time i get put in handcuffs i always make sure that i can get out of them mm-hmm. most of the time i don't want to but i always know that i can get out of the boundary of yours yes as you're restrained and you will stay within your restraints but you have to be able to get out on your own be able to that's a good one so with that goes back to the bondage but then that also leads i don't know if i'm ready to do breath play because i've heard exactly what you were saying oh, yeah. that the orgasms are way intense We'll see. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on my list. That's a must do. What's so, next? Oh, yeah. so chastity. What is it about? Oh, it's about abstinence. I don't know what that word is. Abstinence? Is <laughs> yeah, okay. I was like, what? No, that's fair. Where you're abstaining from certain sexual activities. There could be chastity belts or cages. Mm-hmm. I've seen the ones for penises, which are... I. I think they're absolutely adorable, but I'm always thinking, you can't be that mean to a penis. <laughs> but that leads into another one where I'm saying this Yeah, cages are like the idea to me is hot. 
I would certainly have to be the dom in that relation. Like I, unless I was a a sub and the dom was like, do this to me and then tease me about it. Right. I don't, it's not in my repertoire. I don't have any, I've never had a partner or opportunity, I would say, to do that stuff. But I know it's a huge deal. And I know a lot of alpha males like that shit. Yeah. I've heard of them. I've met a couple men that they had their beautiful metal cages on. I'd like to see it. I think it's an art form. I would love to photograph them. I've seen porn. I specifically look for it in porn because I was like, I gotta, I gotta see it. I know. I want to take photographs and actually make art out of it. Yeah, that's pretty too. I think it's beautiful concept, but maybe that's just a dominating bitch. (laughs) The equipment that comes with this is generally a locked device. So you can... Lock it and unlock it so that the wearer is under your control. So more of a sub type situation around their genitals could just be specific to their genitals. But then the person we talked about it on the other episode is a key holder. So that would be the person that has access to the keys that does the stuff. Please don't lose the keys. Do not use. No. Yeah. Don't. (laughs) Don't. Use it, don't lose it. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Um, the next one is definitely all about you, and I'm letting you go, but I will say the name one time. Okay. Number four that we put on our list is Cockball Torture. See, yes. otherwise known I'm as trying not to. Yes, I'm trying not Which is should not be misunderstood with co- uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. True. Which is actually. <laughs> so don't Google it unless you're. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be real careful about those three little letters there. Anyway, now that we all know what we're going to talk about. So, cockboard torture is a combination of different things, like actually a cock ring. Have you experienced men with cock rings? Yeah. Yeah, cock rings is a form of cockboard torture per se. It's a restricting or playing with the balls and the penis. And for, you can bind them, you can, you can... Wedge put them on, between a board. I was going to say, but then he gets more extreme where you get, <laughs> yeah, where you get yeah. to smash them between boards and you poke at them with sharp objects or have Is somebody walk. Too, where you can put like a chain around the balls and, or a penis and have weights on them. Yes. Oh yeah. Anything you can possibly ever imagine as being a form. I studied a little bit. There's a wonderful lady here who's the queen of copper of torture. She even has her own little perfect little set of forks that she pokes at them and and their cheese forks are a little sharp. No, I'm sweating. <laughs> but it was fascinating. I did learn some really cool rope technique okay. to tie up balls to make a like a rope cock uh, cock ring. Yeah. Which is it helps restrict the blood flow, which can also heighten the sensation for sex and whatnot. That's why cock rings are becoming popular and a lot of people they have the metal ones and the gasket looking I'm ones. I want to say as an experienced and stuff and yeah. in my education around sex coaching, please don't use metal ones. Don't use it. You guys have, you, you need to understand you you get a metal one on there and you go too hard and it kinks your dick. It's just like Viagra. You will go right into emergency surgery if they have. It's generally a needle that they stick into your phallus and they withdraw blood. And it's a big needle. <laughs> and if that, then if you can't, like if you if it's a lock or some sort, they might have to cut that off of you. Please do not use metal cock rings. That is, please, please. Don't use them. I like doing the rope. I played with a couple of cocks and practiced rope techniques on them, and it makes them look sexy. Again, on an edge of an art form for me because I think it's beautiful. But I can't watch the videos where, and I know somebody, and maybe we'll get to interview them or not. I know somebody that actually 
has a whole scene where he gets his stepped on by high heel shoes. Oh my fucking god! And oh my it's god. amazing to watch, but at the same time, it's my Did whole body. Yes, I want to like I want to pet them and make them all better. <laughs> Yes, you, just so you can beat them again. <laughs> well, just so somebody else can beat them again. But I didn't go very far into practicing much more than uh, the bondage of yeah. the... That's about all I, I studied on that. But I know there are people out there that are way into that. And so, again, this would be another one that comes with caution, right? Because yes. we can crush testes, we can break the penis, we can irreparably harm and allow it to never ever get hard again. So very educated. If you are allowing people to do this, you need to educate yourself if you're male about the the risks (laughs) and also advocate for yourself when you're new about it, saying yes, no, whatever. And then just being really aware of what the fuck's going on because permanent damage is permanent damage. Yes. So we're going to move on from this one. Okay, so number five is going to be, which I've never heard of, but I've seen it live, cunt busting. <laughs> so, <laughs> cunt busting, I take part in some. What? What? If you look at what it's supposed to be. So, it's basically oh, okay. an activity with a similar goal as cockball torture, but for people with a vulva. So it centers around inflicting pain and or punishment to the vulva. The term is mostly associated with harder forms of play and inflicting pain. However, it can also include softer play like pussy slapping. So that's where I would be part of that. This definitely can lead into like fisting and it can lead into punching and kicking. And then there's the paper, not the paper clips, but the clothesline clips, which is a really cool rope play technique where they put a rope and then clothesline on the vulva and then they rip the rope off and it pops them all off at the same time. I've seen this. It's also known as clamping. Really sexy to see it. And the women that I've watched have it done it says it's really intense like the feeling rushes in all the blood flow rushes right back into that area yeah so i I would imagine like larger dildos in this scenario too like on the edge for whatever thing that you can take would probably be part of it true uh all of this being said this also has the warning of irreparable damage right because it's all soft tissue we can rip, we can tear it, we can pull it off like that. Yeah. <laughs> Please, you guys, we're all for it. I love the pussy slapping because it makes me squirt. I so. I have a, if I'm already coming and you do the pussy slapping, it will keep, it'll keep me coming and I will squirt. So yeah, I agree. But if I'm, I was never one of those people I'm like, why are you eating my pussy? For the longest time, I was like, God, this, especially when I'm, when another partner plays boobs. When a partner uses her penis as the uh, slapper. Yeah, that never does anything. (laughs) Do you think it really just turns my nipples on when you do that? When you get a cock or whatever slapped against. I'm sure that there are people that, what's part of cut busting, maybe that works or whatever. But I, it's got to be like for me, it, it, my, it's not, it's not a big deal to me. Like, right. It's got to be a really wonderful visual for the person that's doing it to me. So that's cool. But it's me feeling it. And it's like, I do like the pussy slapping. So if we're going to do it with the head of a cock and you can get me to squirt, then I'm all for it. I get that. So I want to, my one story with this, I was at one of these parties and a fabulous guy, he was joking with another woman about, getting kicked in the nut in the nuts and then she's i've always wanted to be kicked in the the pussy so so bad they turned around and kicked each other 
in front of everybody and it was really intense and I really enjoyed watching their facial features, but also how they just, okay, do it again. And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) It was amazing. And I am not yucking their yum or diminishing, but it was intense to watch. And not on my repertoire of ever wanting to have somebody kick me. So I've literally been kicked in the pussy a myriad of ways in not good ways. Like my sister and I, when we would scrap when we were younger, she dropped me to the floor once. And actually it stunned me so bad that I was like, (laughs) and then I dropped to the floor and then the pain hit. I was like, I am going to murder your face. (laughs) Oh my God. And then horses. Yeah. I've run into pole. I've fallen on poles, stuff like that. Where not for me in that hard of a way. Again, teach their own. Yes. I know. I'm like, I've had hard, I've had paddling, spanking on the lips and everything and the wraparound flogging on them. Oh yeah. 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 I've. I've done. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, that's the only wraparound that I that, that I can tolerate. We, is, we got that the other day in our yeah. Patreon video. Actually, we did. So you guys pay attention to Patreon. You'll see a wonderful piece. But I told him not to do wraparound because I don't like it on my sides. So he he that's did do it on my eyes. I yeah, yeah. Wrap right yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like it because i can that does get me a little randy Poor. yes sure. <laughs> okay so we're gonna move on from this well i'm all excited now we're gonna go to consensual non-consent okay so this is generally shortened to cnc and it's a form of consent where people participating agree and consent that certain words are to be ignored or that there's no form of consent needed for activities during a scene, often a brief, oh. In some forms of CMC, safety measures like safe words are not in place. Limits may still be set beforehand. Vocal cues like no stop or even red may be ignored, usually because the other person wants to use them to role play and desires them to be ignored. CNC is often seen as playing with a safe situation that a person may not fully desire or want, but still wants to have the experience of and has consented to exploring it with the person and people involved. So in the more extreme cases of CNC, we're talking rape play, we're talking abduction play, other scenarios that look for the edge then can be considered role playing still. Understandably, there are a lot more risks involved, right? because we are, that's, there's a lot there. And then I'm just gonna say, for those that are into CNC, we don't do this in public. This is something that needs to be kept private. There are so many opportunities for it to be problematic. People thinking that you are abducting somebody, police could be called, (laughs) like charges filed. Your ass could be beaten by a bunch of bystanders for what is consensual for the two of you. This is one that needs to be Or if you need to do it in front of people, go to a house party, go to a club, negotiate the scene, let everybody in that room know beforehand. But public for public sake, we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, we're not doing that. And this is one that is definitely not for me. Me either. I have not. I just, to me, I get that it could be cathartic for some people that have had traumatic experiences and maybe need to have that understanding or feeling of safety in their body because they know that they said to do it. But this one's a little too much for me. I've never, I have a control issue anyways. I'm worried since I have been sexually assaulted Yeah, and I don't, 
I've already processed it. I don't necessarily want to be put in that situation again where I had to reprocess. Potentially triggering for yes. sure. Even with the best of intent, even if it is something that maybe you've never experienced. There are people out there that are lucky enough to not have. Right. You and I are not that lucky. <laughs> so, you know, just the potential re-triggering or just the fact that you are going to inflict trauma for a first time on someone. Right. Like you can have that idea that this is sexy to me. And so you negotiate this scene and then you go out about and then it actually happens to you. And kind of part of it is the struggle, the look of the things. How do you get out of that? Because CNC is, again, it's not safe words really. Not really. So that's where I worry about it is just like the trauma that it could trigger right the trauma that it could inflict that type of thing so again i yeah no I mean, negotiated yes. beforehand extreme consent all right so we're gonna move along here and we're down to degradation degradation mm -hmm. i can't even i never it, i always say it sounds like i'm saying it wrong but degradation is basically Mockery, insults, belittling, some form of humility. Humiliation. Humiliation, yeah. thank you. And uh, it also could be part of spitting, slapping, spanking, even being ejaculated on, urinated on. These are all form of submissive play. And it's also negotiated. I, I fully believe that you negotiate that this is what you want. You don't just walk in and start doing it to the next person you're dating yeah. without having yeah. some type of conversation. I can't do, I can't do, I can in the forms of the physical part of it for me. Yeah. But if we're talking like we're going to then add words into it, probably not. Like it, that one really gets me. I don't want to. Okay. So wait, here's a yes for Jenna. You fucking whore. Yes. Fucking whore. The, but if it's your fucking disgusting pig. No. Yeah. No. So yeah, a combination. Like I've slut, like giving me a name like that. I get that. But don't go to where my heart would go. What the fuck? Or, later. Yeah. <laughs> when I hit sub drop yeah. later after the scene or whatever, and I'm in sub drop, which we'll talk about what that is. Yeah. And I'm in my head and I start beating myself up. I'm like, oh my God, I am such a slut. Like, or, you know. Yeah, like, again, <laughs> everything is like an eyelash away from bad. Right? It's really important to know your boundaries and communication. Yes. So hence the reason why we have this podcast. Yes. I love you for it. this. All right. So we're going to move on to edging. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What is it? Edging. Edging is in the house. Yeah. Okay. No. I am such a huge fan of edging. So it's sexually stimulating a person to the point of orgasm, but not going over the edge to actually allow them to have an orgasm. Definitely. I do it to myself when I'm instructed by somebody that I'm not allowed to come unless or in this way. So it's a good reach around, as they say, to getting myself there, but not going over. Right. It's definitely done with a partner. That's for sure. Several partners, any more form of one is great. It can be considered part of orgasm play, which we'll get to. But the goal of edging is to maintain the sensation of almost having an orgasm for a longer time and even reach an edge multiple times. There's people that use this dynamic where a sub type person is allowed to edge but not have an orgasm till later which would be my scenario like i said yeah. and where the dom type person allows them to orgasm so right. this is something that i love it oh love it. Uh, see i come so easy though for me it was like edging i never could do but then i 
as I've gotten into my play, I actually can achieve it, especially if I'm, if I'm being like, if I'm doing a sexting or a video scene with somebody where I'm exchanging videos yeah, or we're FaceTiming. So they're not in the room and they're having me play with myself and having me not come. I can do that. And it is intense. So I agree with you, like getting myself to itch, but if they're there, I'm most likely having an orgasm in my head. Yeah, which is not squirting. Yeah, that's so it's, you know, for me to do it to myself is a a bratty way around some of this stuff on those orders right now. So it's a little bit of a bitch. I'm not happy about it, but I'm happy about it. But also like for me, it's definitely a form of punishment when I'm in that submissive type, like especially if in relation to bondage, like if I'm bound and I'm just being messed with and you walk away five, 10 times, lady blue balls are a thing, (laughs) you know, but it, it sure does make for a powerful orgasm once I finally do. Actually, no, that is a 50-50 statement because I can also be so stimulated and so sensitive that orgasm happens and I miss it. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You haven't missed an orgasm. Like you're having it, but you're not having the intense over uh, with it. And you're just like, oh, see, that's what that sucks. That's what ends up happening when I was masturbating before more recent play where I've gotten used to using vibrators and stuff. But I would just come and it would be like, oh, good, it's over. It would be. And I hated that feeling. That's why I never liked to masturbate. But now I actually enjoy masturbating. sit in disappointment so hard when I'm like yeah. rubbing my bean and it, that type of orgasm happens. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like I was so horny. And yeah, like I came, but like none of me is satisfied right now. Right? And I'm too sensitive to do it again. Damn it. All right, yes. moving on. So we're going to one that makes Miss Sarah swear. Yes, it does. I actually have some triggers on this one, but it's electro play. Yes. What is electro play? So <laughs> this one always includes devices that use electricity on the body to create a wide range of sensations, starting from gentle buzzing through the exciting prickles or even up to pain play. It has a fear component to it for sure because who's not scared of being electrocuted to death. I'm gonna say that none of the toys that are used in this should be able to electrocute you to death. So let's just make really sure that all of our toys are in wonderful working order. <laughs> yes. And not uh, defective in any way. So common devices are, they call them e-stem devices, little electrical boxes, violent wands, medical e-stem devices, zappers, tasers, People use electric fly swatters. This could be hot wire on a fence. Like this could be all sorts of that type of play. They even make fucking dildos that go inside that can shock the shit out of you. So I will say I don't feel like I would like an internal shocking anything. However, I do have the violet ones. Yes. And I am so violet ones, people. Some of you will be old enough, some of you will not. But back in the 80s, they had that globe that emitted that static electricity inside of it. It was like purple and blue. They called it storm in a jar. Yeah, you could touch it and the electricity would touch your finger. So it's the violet wand is like that, but it's got a dial. Yes. So, yes, taking a... I actually have video of me (laughs) having it done on my clit and seeing the arc. From it, I clicked. Oh, I I jumped and I squealed. No, but it wasn't so turned 
on uh, all the way. I can't even talk right now. I'm so turned on. (laughs) It wasn't turned up all the way to where it was like massively painful, but it's not like it was entirely pleasant either. I'm not trying to like. So when I was studying to be, when I first decided to dive into BDSM, I met this wonderful man who was very methodical in teaching me stuff, very engineer type of teaching. And he brought the violet ones. And the second I heard it, I literally had a panic attack. I had gotten shocked by an electrical pole when I was a little girl. And so it triggered all of that feeling and my gut turned and everything. However, because of the wand, you could see it. That's why I couldn't use it. But I did use a 10 machine on my nipples once. And that oh, was the really- Oh, 10 machine? Yeah, yeah, we didn't even bring that up. Yeah, that's definitely tens. another thing. That's not for me. Yeah. I don't think that level is for me. I will stick with my, like the violet wand. Yeah. I think, although you did say violent wand, and it <laughs> is a little violent sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, remember yeah. either name. But yeah, so we, yes for me, no for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we were, well, we did a- you if you like yeah. the tin, Did you like the tins you I liked the tens unit. It was, but I was so turned on. I was like in, I was in a, one of my eight hour sessions play. Yeah. Okay. When that was happening, which means I was coming. It was neat to like, when I was trying to get back in my body, it was definitely helping me feel my body again. Yeah. But I've seen or one of the house parties, they you were talking about electric machines or zappers. There's this plated system that you lay on and then they attach it. And then your whole body, when somebody goes and touches you, is both of you get shocked. So I've seen those at parties where they use the person's body as a conduit for the electricity. Yeah. And it was really fun to see that in person and if feel it. But then I walked away. I'm like, can't do that. Sorry, out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the next one is the one that Jenna cringes on. So I'm going to be reading it. (laughs) And it is foot fetish as she sits here with her fingers in her ears. Foot fetish is marked as a sexual interest in feet, which can be the entirety of the foot or the toes or the arch (laughs) of the foot or the ankles. Some people are turned on by serving the feet, which means like by giving mas- foot massages or at-home pedicures, for instance, that also could be considered foot fetishes. There's also people that love to watch videos of feet, just people walking and seeing the move. They can actually get We're off on that. Saying the words. <laughs> no. We're not saying it. Ah, and then there's the other people get turned on by the idea of doing something dirty. So having their genitals touched or having their dirty feet all over their God. Yeah, they're cock. (laughs) Some people like having foot jobs instead of hand jobs. (laughs) And obviously you've never done this. I've done hand foot jobs, they're fun. (laughs) And I found this toy online the other day. I found this toy online. There were feet. You could buy feet and use them on yourself. Just Breathe Life, Relationship, and Intimacy Coaching. Are you struggling with trauma or relationship issues? Do you feel like you're stuck in patterns that are holding you back from living your best life? If so, it's time to take the next step towards healing and growth. Hi, my name is Jenna. I'm a life relationship and intimacy coach with over four years of experience helping individuals and couples overcome complex challenges related to intimacy, sexuality, and communication. 
I specialize in working with clients who have alternative relationships, clients that struggle with trauma, and teaching communication skills. Together, we can create a safe and supportive space for healing and growth and help you build the skills and tools you need to move forward with greater resilience and self-compassion. As a relationship coach, I also provide practical tools and communication strategies that can help you strengthen your connection and build a deeper, more fulfilling relationship. Whether you're struggling with conflict, feeling disconnected, or simply looking to deeper your connection with your partners, I'm here to help. I believe everyone deserves to have happy, healthy, fulfilling relationships and a satisfying sex life. And I'm committed to helping my clients achieve those goals. If you're ready to take the next step towards greater intimacy, connection, and pleasure, I invite you to schedule a consultation with me today. You can do this by visiting my website at justbreathewithjenna.com. I offer a free 30-minute intro session. Help is only a click away. Let me help you find the answers that are right for you. All right, we're going to move on to the next one. <laughs> Another popular fetish is... Impractically. Impractically. Just picture that in my head for a minute. You can paddle the feet too. No. <laughs> No, that, yeah, that's, I don't, no, yeah. Okay, so okay, next. <laughs> use of hands, paddles, whips, or whatever you have around your house, spatulas, wooden spoons, Yay! anything that hits the body. If you've ever been playfully spanked by your partner during sex, that's impact play, right? Impact play requires consent and communication as everything else here we've discussed does. A good rule to keep in mind, if you're the one providing the impact, stick to the areas that are fatty, such as the sides of the butt or thighs, and avoid anywhere with organs, kidneys, liver. We can really hurt our, ourselves on that one. Yes. And rib cages. As a reminder, go check out our Patreon video and our interview with Mitch, which will be about the impact play. Yeah, you guys will actually get to see it displayed by yes. Sarah and by myself. Yes. I'm really into impact play. We, all of the things, floggers. You can have actually specifically sexually explicit toys, right? So paddles, floggers, all those types of things. Love it. Me too. It's a big part. I like bruises. I like marks. So impact play is definitely the way to go. I have a whole bunch of, there's another term for impact implements is called a pervertible, where you take something and you convert it into something perverted. And yeah. a lot of my, like one of my favorite, um, impact implements was some siding and there's nails driven through it and they're used as a scraper or a little tap on the butt with that is actually leaves beautiful little marks but at the same time feels really good so yes there's all these uh, there's so obviously we're into impact play but again be very um, conscious of people's boundaries and their safe words I mean, here. especially if you're the one that's giving it it's, yes. it's you you study Especially when we're talking about the areas of bo the body to strike. That Patreon video definitely shows how Mitch walks through each person. There are zones to hit. There are more, obviously, like the thigh right under your butt is super stingy and can be quite painful where your fatty portions of your body, your butt, your thighs may not be that bad. Right. But know where you like it. You, all across the boobs, across the face, the neck, this, the, all the things. But just be very careful of what you're doing when you do that. Uh -huh. So the next one is 
Objectum sexuality. Please tell us about that because I don't know if I can. Objectum sexuality refers to a sexual relationship or an attraction to an inanimate object. So we, you know, some people get off on trees, right? Some people get off on cars. Some people like fucking gas tanks. Some people really? like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Our exhaust pipes is another one that happens. Mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower, a boat, your couch, anything that is an inanimate object is what this covers. So I don't experience any of this, I don't think. Actually, that's kind of not true. Like I'm I'm hot trees. Really? I can yeah, I've ground I I I've grinded on a tree until I came. Really? I yeah. have not. It's couches. Not, it's mine's yeah, couches. Well, yeah, couches. So Couchy. I guess we both do that. I don't think I. Yeah, it's not like a sexual relationship. Like I'm not in love with the tree, and I'm like, fuck me, tree. It's just oh, I can totally. It's round and it's a limb, and I've yes. definitely been up in a tree and sitting on a limb, and I was oh, hey, yeah. this is like perfect size. See, yeah. but yeah, so that's what that one is. And also, sexual or popular here. And that that is actual people marrying and having mm-hmm. relationships and being fulfilled that way. So definitely. Yeah. So they're in it. Those are popular. The sex doll technology is getting better where they are actually teaching them dialogue and the AI is going to enter them soon. And so they'll be able to have full on conversations. So we'll see how the world changes in the next five For years. Reels, it's going to get crazy. <laughs> All right. The next one is orgasm play. Jenna, let's talk about orgasm since we are the orgasmic terrorists. (laughs) So orgasm play is any play that uses orgasms as the focus. Generally, there's three types. There's orgasm denial, orgasm overload, and more newly, remote orgasms. Yes. Ooh, we got to talk about that one. Yeah. The denial is the recipient is either physically or mentally prevented from having an orgasm. So here we go. This would be edge play, right? Part of that, but may still be stimulated sexually other ways. It can be part of a humiliation play where the recipient is allowed to have sex, but is not allowed to orgasm. It can be part of chastity play, ruined orgasms, which suck. That would be like what we were talking about before. So then the orgasm overload forced multiple attempts at having orgasm over and over again. And so generally that is you have a toy vibrating your clay and great that you came and we all have that sensitive moment after this would just still be enforced. Like you were not, you're not allowed to move it. It could be you're bound and you have this wand tied also bound to your leg that is on your clit. You could be having sex and penetrated while this is going on. You could be stimulated other ways, but this one is it's to induce it, continue to induce it over and over. And it could be where it's, it's not really for the recipient anymore. It's definitely for the dominant partner to enjoy. And I then, used, oh, yeah. I used to do this. This was um, really the overload. Once you get to, even like you were saying, that sensitive, once you start on the road and you overcome that sensitivity, there's a whole series of other orgasms beyond them. And some women can get there. Some women can. And, and men, I have heard a couple men being able to do the same thing where they can come right after another as soon as they It's got to involve yeah. anal play for them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but that's interesting. ejaculation yeah. through prostate. I can't. Damn, like, if you can. Like, I feel like most women are the super lucky ones that can multi like we can. Definitely, this one, the overload would definitely just wear me out. It, it, we talked about it before. Yeah. It's something that I'd like to experience, I think, once. 
But man, I don't know if I could do that all the time. I don't want my pussy ruined. <laughs> and then ruined for me would just be like less clitoral stimulation. Like it would take more and more. And I don't want that. I appreciate. Yeah. When we talk about my favorite friend, the jackhammer. And you know, I still have very sensitive lips, so it works for me. The last part of that is the remote orgasms. Yes. So what we're talking about here is any sort of toy that can be inserted and worn and utilized by a partner. Maybe they are in the same room, but maybe you're in a bar and you're being played with because your partner has control of this. Maybe you're in another country and it's a way of connection. So they have many Wi-Fi now relatable toys that can be used while not together to still create intimacy. I will also warn you though, that there has been a couple security breaches of information with those things. So just understand you do your uh, due diligence around Bluetooth toys and figure out what the potential security breaches could look like for you. But you get what you pay for too. So make sure you get a good one. <laughs> I I have a subby over that lives in Hawaii and he gives me control of his toy when he feels like wanting to be a slut I and I get to play with his anal toy. I through too. the remote and I freaking love it. I love doing that. So I said, there's like a video game at there at some point. <laughs> I just rub it in. I'm like, oh, how do you like that big boy? <laughs> you know? I love mine. So I have the Lush too and you can connect it to music and uh, it'll just totally vibe off. Oh, that's device. cool. But I do t- currently two of those. Yeah, interesting. I do not. I just bought one that has that has a remote control and Bluetooth. So we're going to see. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay, yes. So I just. You know how it goes. Yeah. Next All right. One, next one, public, public sex. So, have you had public sex? I have had public sex, but I have to be honest. I'll, I'm cool for public sex. I'm cool for fucking in my backyard. I'm cool for fucking in a field. I'm cool for fucking in the woods. Like public, as in out in public. Right. But if we're talking like there is public people <laughs> that I can be caught and and be registered as any sort of offender or go to jail. Not really for me. Yeah. I can't, not really for me. I'm pretty private. But then again, house parties and stuff too. Public? But they do, generally the house parties, well, unless you go to a swingers house party where there is sex. Yeah, but in like in my house parties I go to, it's generally all impact. Or scenes negotiated, very little stimuli, very, there might be orgasms, but they're coming, they're not coming from actual penetrating orgasm. But I've had sex in a theater once, (laughs) once, and it was pretty, Well, I've been fingered under the table. I've had sex on a dance floor once when I was younger. I was fingered under a table. Yeah, some public, but again, enough in public. But private enough. I don't mind doing naughty things. I'm a huge fool for PDA. I love when I hand partner under my dress or whatever, and that's fine. And there's a that's a glancing thing though. I don't want to be stopped in the middle of the crowd and finger fucked with the potential of us going to jail is like super high. Right. right? Like I'm not gonna go unless we're going to like a swingers or lifestyle resort. I don't want to be sat on your lap in a bikini with you poking your penis out. Right. You me sitting on like just I'm too old for that for me. Yes. No, I'm with you on that. Uh, and I've I played in the adult toy clubs here. Yeah, like I've yeah. got yeah, I've got in a room yeah. down there, but the, I don't is that public 
I think it's public because it's out in public, public and you're not at your home and it's not a hotel and it's definitely a booth or a jack shack or whatever. But again, it's not public. Unless you're right. out in the public room part of that. Oh, but I wasn't in that. Yeah, yeah, they do have public no, rooms. I've only done the private rooms. Yeah, I've only done the private rooms myself. <laughs> Other than when I'm at sex clubs and I've done the orgy bed a couple times. There you go. Not me. <laughs> so I have done that. All right, we're going to move on from there. Just again, I love the fact that you brought up about please be leery of who you're doing it around and the risk. Consent, and they can't give consent, right? Like yeah, public people. people can't give consent. So Tom, Dick, and Harry walking down the street might be really into it, but I didn't get their consent first. So I, I can't. It's really fucked up for me. <laughs> All righty, let's get on to role play. Yeah. Role play is an umbrella term for types of fantasy play that focuses on the dynamic between the participants in a fictional scenario. So we're talking doctor, nurse, patient, teacher, student, police officer, criminal, boss, employee, any sort of thing where you there's theatrics into it right like it's a your own fantasy harry potter yeah harry hermione (laughs) you know anything like that is role play um i really struggle sarah i know you do too we've both talked about it's triggering to me to be asked to be somebody that i'm not in my sex life again i'll role play as far as i'll put on the clothes i can be hermione but if you expect me to come back and be like legit Hermione, I am not a thespian. No. I cannot do that. Yes. I, it fucks me up. It gives me mental heartache because I'm not like I'm not good enough doing what I'm doing. You want me to act like somebody else? I have a big problem with that. I do too. I don't handle that very well. I also don't act very well. I can be a brat and that's just me being myself. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I, it's just, but it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for a lot of people. And I, I think it's fucking amazing. And I, that I get to also watch porns of people that do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm in it for me on the, that side. All right. But beyond that. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Europhilia Europhilia and water sports. sports. And or also known as golden showers. Yes. Pee play. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, the people with this kink find urination sexually arousing. So whether it's they're peeing on somebody or they're being peed on, that's the thing. And I want to tell you guys, this is in the top 20 for kinks. So y'all dirty. You're just not talking about it at all. Like I definitely, I have partners that are like, hey, can I pee on you? And I'm like, yeah. Like I don't, it's always been like, I'm comfortable in the shower. Yes. We're right there and I'm fine. I have, I've been, I've, I've taken it on the bathroom floor but i don't want to sit in it no i want it to be done and i want to clean because that's i'll participate and i can pee on you that's fine i've been asked to do that too it doesn't do anything for me personally sexually but as a partner me being ggg is a kink of mine so good game giving so i'll do it but it's not it's not for me right you know what i mean it's for my partner one of my first long-term partners had a thing about he loved to finger me while I was peeing and I think he actually helped contribute to me being a really good squirter because it's hard when somebody is touching you and you're trying to I can't come I can't come I gotta pee I gotta pee so bad and then you they are telling you to let go and that's the urge that which one of the big things of overcoming and being able to squirt is to be able to let go of that urge. I did golden showers. He loved to lay in the tub and me pee all over him. And I thought that was the weirdest thing, but you're right. I'm not, it didn't get me off or aroused. It's not something I would 
hey, I gotta go do this. No, I'm not overly crazy about them, but I, I can do Okay. Yeah, I could do them. And GGG. That's important. Moving on, the next one is wax play. I have candles in my bag. Yes, that's interesting. So, wax play for everybody that doesn't know is literally having wax dripped onto your body, sexual stimulation, and it varies. And where you're at, if the candle's super close, you're going to get a real hot dose. If the candle's super high, it's going to cool off a little bit before. So, again, we're talking. You can get burned. You can do bad stuff. Right. Catch shit on fire. Let's not do any of that stuff. Let's play <laughs> with wax candle stuff appropriately. For me, it's a huge turn on. It's a huge turn on to not only have it dripped all over, especially like nipples for me and pussy for me is really hot. Thighs for me are really hot. But then having my partner like peel it off of me or being told to peel it off of myself is like another tactile part that I really like. Interesting. I've had it done a couple times, but I didn't have any responses to it. Okay. Did you enjoy that? All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for everybody. That's totally fine. So I I get that. So number 18 on our list, I cannot say. It's bicrophilia. What? Yes. This is specific to us, I feel Uh, like, or potentially, hopefully for some of our listeners. Especially after this episode. I know. (laughs) So with the rise of the erotic podcast and audiobook, bikerphilia is one kink that seems to have become fairly mainstream without many of us knowing it. It's a vicarious arousal, and it's a kink where individuals are intensely aroused by hearing the sexual experiences, interests, and behaviors of others. Maybe it's more thrilling to them. Maybe these exploits gives ways to their fantasies. It's something that they're not interested in experiencing, but listening to it is really good for them. You can listen to famous musicians, explain their sexual history, listening to our podcast, anything like that where it's audio that turns you on in a vicarious way. Interesting. I think it happens to me a lot. Some of the podcasts I listen to, for sure, especially when I went through sex coaching school, like... Not, it was super deep and it can be very dark and you got to work through your stuff. But honestly, you're also... You oh, I'm, I'm sure I got turned on. Like I used to listen to audiobooks, the old romance novels, and I would go rub one off during one of the scenes. I totally get the the attachment to it and i have a dear friend who lives vicariously through my stories and he listens to the podcast and he tells me all the time he goes oh i remember that story when it was happening (laughs) (laughs) he goes i really enjoyed that one yeah i didn't know this was a kink (laughs) yes you're not wrong Uh, all right what's next voyeurism Oh, number yeah. 19. Someone who derives sexual pleasure from the watchings of others getting it on. It's pretty simple. I'm definitely a voyeur. I'm a voyeur. Yeah. Going to the clubs or going to a house party or just porn, yeah, watch porn, porn watching porn. Yeah. That's also voyeurism because you're not in there. You're not part of it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely can turn me on. Yeah, I'm a voyeur. I struggle with the exhibition. I can't say it. Exhibitionism. That word that I cannot say, I'm not. I can't. I like being watched, but I'm not going to flaunt it. Like, I'm not going to play to the people that are watching me. I'm going to stay in my head in the moment. 
I actually wrote the Sibian once, yes. which was, and I had to put the blindfold on and earmuffs because I didn't want to know anybody was watching. No my, external stimulation. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I'd be so in my head, like they're watching me. Oh, look at that face. Yeah. All my shame would come to the surface on that particular yeah. one. So hard for me too. Yeah, I struggle with that one. So pretty easy explanation there. But I love this part that you brought up earlier. Your bystanders have to give consent. If you're watching, yeah. Let them know. First, find out if it's okay to watch them. That, that one, yes, for sure if you can. But when we're talking about like sex clubs and people are out playing, like yes. your consent going in, you need to understand that this is a place right. where this stuff happens. So if Correct. you don't like it, you're there. This is what they do. You can leave. Those or you can go into a room. Yes, so they have closed in rooms and where you're not out in public. You're not making the scene. If you're out there, you're giving consent and receiving consent that people are watching you. Yeah, pretty so much. Just be aware of the consent factors on all that. Consent factors in all of us. Yes, exactly. It's a big deal. All right, number 20. Wet, messy, sloshy, plus food. Yeah, so all play. of this to say food play, basically. And it's a fetish where people enjoy being covered in or surrounded by wet food or beverages. It can involve sitting on cakes, being covered in frosting, being a, a sushi table for everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, My little subby wants to do that, wants people to eat off of him. But he's in Hawaii, so, you know. Oh, Maybe eventually. <laughs> Not just food play, though. The wet and messy and the splashing part of this can be shaving cream, a shit ton of lube, paint anything that you get a lot of sexual enjoyment out of by being coated in it copiously, right? right? Wet, messy, splashing, food play. Yes. You could even have a kiddie pool full of pudding and you want to just, oh God, I'm going to say stomp in it, but then that leads to foot play. I don't want to talk about it. So any of that stuff, that's basically what we're talking about. Generally, the splash E, which is the person having these things put on them, tends to be nude because yes. it's also a tactile thing for them. Right. Against their bare skin. So, the I think the only warning I have with this is about if you are in this play, being aware of the vagina and the safety within. And if you're a guy, too. Yes. Uh, so, we're talking oh, yeah. about like, you know, flora and fauna specifically. Right. So, we get your partner drizzles chocolate sauce all over your punani and then licks it off of you. That chocolate is going into your hoo hoo. And so, we need to wash and clean very well before and after. And then we also need to do something like boric acid or just be aware that UTIs can be caused by this stuff. Yeast infection, the good old yeasty boys can be <laughs> caused by anything that's inserted like that, even lube. So just keep it clean and just be aware that this might cause issues. Down a pee hole for a guy, yep. up a pee hole for a girl could be bad. All right, so that's the top 20. Yes. And we're moving on to, we've asked each other to find five to share that were either new to each other or one that they may participate in. So I'm going to let Jenna go first with her five. <laughs> okay. So my first one cracked me up and mortified me. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's called figging. Figging? Have the you ever heard of figging? No. Okay. So it's the use of ginger like ginger root as a torture method. So a piece of ginger is cut and shaped like a butt plug or a phallic object and placed in your anus or your vagina or your urethra. Oh. And the resulting juices of the ginger will give a stinging sensation causing discomfort. 
this one freaks me out so bad because there's no stopping this once this starts. There's no drinking a glass of milk with a pepper mouth. Like it's ginger in your pulse. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be burning. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say no. I enjoy see. eating it, but not out of your ass. <laughs> I'm currently thinking is most commonly done in the anus. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I guess maybe ice cubes on an abused orifice can work, but that's a whole nother thing. So yes. I'm going to be a no for figging. I'm a no for figging. No, I'm a no. I'm a no. <laughs> My next one is queerophilia, which is a specific fetish for hands, which may manifest as an attraction to fingers, a great manicure, smoking hot hands. To me, this is me. Hands are super sexy. I get super aroused by fingers. My husband's fingers are very thick and very just, his hands are so strong. My other partner is, he's got these beautiful manicured hands that just are yummy in their own way. Hands for me, for sure. Oh, I'm a thumb person. Give me a thumb any day of the week and I can come just as easy. I love them. So I feel you. I just didn't know there was a philia behind that. <laughs> so <laughs> hilarious. This also though does include fisting, fingering, oh. some things like that. Even watching people just do mundane tasks, filing, putting dishes away, like all of that stuff that stimulates any sexual desire. That's what we're talking with queerophilia. So definitely this, that is one for me. Well, okay. I learned something new today. Yeah. We got more to learn. I know. Ready? (laughs) Okay. Stygiophila. What? Stygiophila is a fetish that involves sexual pleasure from the idea of going to hell (laughs) or facing eternal punishment. Oh my God. (laughs) Arousal can stem from the taboo nature of such thoughts. In some instances, stygophilia ties into BDSM concept of pleasurable punishment and humiliation. Come to find out there's not a lot of research on the kink, but people who have brought up in particularly religious upbringing, like you and I, yes, where discussions of hell were commonly in the church, school, and at home, might be more inclined to enjoy this kink, right? So I don't have this. Wow. But I super understand how people could get it. Yes, I can too. For I mean- sure. But that could just lead into bad boy, bad girl, too. Although this is specifically religious connotation. So I'm going to move on. The next one is melolognia. Melolognia is a fetish that involves being turned on by music. And we're not talking about just having a a playlist ready to go for sex. But rather, this is going to cause you to experience strong sexual reactions in response to the music. And then fantasizing about certain songs or genres. Uh It can arrive from musical elements, like a voice, a beat, a repetition, a quality of a composition. It can lead to stuff like goosebumps, faster heartbeat, natural lube coming down between the pipes down there. Not for me. Not for me, but it's not doesn't do it for me. I've had I've listened to music with a specific beat when I do impact, but it's not I'm not turned on by it. I use the beat to do the impact. This is the only type of music, but not for this. I feel like that might yeah, maybe. be a subtext of that for sure. I was thinking we at, we just watched Howard Stern the other day, and there's that scene where he has her 
tip the speaker over and then ride the speaker as he's talking all right lip blubbering through the thing and apparently it got her off so i'm imagining that would be something like this that's true and so that would be like a what do you call that concussive force on your but is that the right word anyway so i could see that type of vibration working on it but then it becomes a dildo to me (laughs) i don't know a vibrator for sure All right, well, that's a new one for me. So let's move on to your fifth one. My fifth one is catatroniophilia. And it is the sexual arousal from having sex or masturbating in front of mirrors or reflective surfaces. Interesting. So I, which definitely ties into voyeurism. There's, right. whether you're worrying people you don't know or yourself, like mirrors above beds, closet doors, being bent over in the bathroom by the vanity sink mirror whatever yeah that does it for me watching specifically like catching it unaware for me if i'm having sex on a bed and it's facing a tv that's not on but it's reflective and oh fuck i can like see me that i think that's sexy to me okay so i no i don't I'm blind when I take my glasses off, so I have a hard time. You have to video having sex with me for me to enjoy it. And I have had partners give me their phone, because I love our phones nowadays, and I can watch them as they continue to do what they're doing. I've done that and gotten off, but I have not mirrors. I've not, because I can't, you generally see myself in a mirror. See, I, I am blind too. I can wear contacts during sex. I obviously don't like to wear contacts. So it's, to me, I'm not super bad with my vision. So if I even just can see an outline, I know that's what's happening to me. So it is, even if it's blurry, it's still hot to me. But that being said, I don't have any mirrors in my house set up too. It's not something that I intend to do. You don't have one over the bed? (laughs) Yeah, no, like that would be great, but no, I don't have. I remember those from the eighties was a popular thing to do. Huge deal. Yes. So those are my five. I love them. Thank you for educating me. So now we're gonna go down my dark hole. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of dark holes. My first one is tentacles. There is actually a fetish out there that you are anime tentacle porn where, and there's actually toys now that are the shape of tentacles insert or being uh, penetrated by a tentacle to an orgasm. Obviously we don't have sex nor condone sex with animals. Animals cannot get consent. So this is strictly toys inspired by Tentacles. tentacles animals yes. yes yes there is okay and it's also anime there's anime porn yes. that has this it's very popular there's also alien porn out there that obviously there's no aliens currently that can come down and have weird sex with us but you know who knows in the future <laughs> that's true We're already here so my next one is Forced feminization or feminization, yeah, which I just got to experience this. So I have a great story to go with it. So what it is a form of a play where somebody is typically expressed or appears feminized is plays in a female role. So it's taking a man and making them female or even a lesbian that's butchy can be forced to be a female as well. So, and we're talking mostly appearance and dress, right? Right, dress. It's not necessarily a trans thing. No. It is, you're over-exaggerating. Like it would literally be a man in a dress. Right, or a man in underwear. Yeah. Yeah, like wearing lacy pants. Yes. Yeah, I 
describe yeah. it. I think it's kind of hot for people to explore. Oh, I love a penis in a nice lacy underwear. So I actually got to, I had my subby that was doing it. And then I met this new person and they had a fetish. They had a desire. And part of also is being forced to do oral or sexual ideas as well, being forced to be the bottom. Oh, okay. So there's, that's also part of it. And okay. one of the things that I learned, it helps them get away from the shame. I was forced to do this with consent. <laughs> with consent. Yes. Yeah. But I was forced to be in this. So therefore my shame is put on them. Or I, I see that for a lot of dudes. Cause you know, you, you, there definitely are men that don't identify, don't want to identify as bi or as any particular way, but there's shame around, hey, I'm pan. I like yeah. whoever, whatever I want to do. But some people also don't like labels. And then to come to terms with the shame, like you're saying, yeah, like I was forced to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fine. Whatever you need to tell yourself. And then they don't need to identify them and make themselves uncomfortable, but they still get to experience something wonderful that turns them on. So right. I'm all for it. And it, it was a really wonderful experience. It didn't turn me on as much, but it was fabulous to help somebody achieve this fantasy. So gotcha. they got to be forced them into the role. They became my sub. I was Dommy and they were forced to do what I told them to do because we pre-negotiated it. Always what? Yes. Communication and the consent that was necessary was already yes. there. Yes. So that one I love. That was my favorite story lately. Yeah. Thank you guys. I got to get it out of my head. All right, we're gonna move on to my third option, which was blood play. Now, I picked this one, not because I'm into it, but because there's so many elements that people don't think of. And I also wanna have some warnings out there about this. So it's a form of bringing blood or drawing blood from the body. There are other ways of it. We're gonna talk about other ways too, but this is a fetishized of blood itself. It's somebody that likes the taste of it or the look of it. So there are different types. There's forms of knife play where you can cut or lightly cut or even a doll knife where you can use a knife play as well. Intensified mental effects is what it is that you're being cut. It really does play with the mind. It's kind of anything though too beyond knife play too, like a stick with nails through it or, or right. a Which will, with spikies. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Sorry. I jumped ahead. Jumped ahead. Needles are is another form of blood play where there's now this artistic form of needle play, which is where they do patterns on bodies. And besides bringing the pain of the needle piercing the skin it, and there is blood involved, there's also the ongoing pain of having the needle in the skin. I've actually seen this in a couple of house parties and they're absolutely beautiful. They call them little pain buttons or adrenaline buttons because you can push on the needles and they send pain right to it and it re-triggers the person that was needled. And it, they've, I've heard nothing but good stories about it, but yeah. I couldn't do it. Then there's also hooking, which is a form of putting hooks into the skin. Yeah. It's another piercing form, but also you could be suspended by them. Yes, I've seen uh, it done. Yeah. I and actually I know a gal that took, partakes in it. I think it would be beautiful to photograph another artist. Yeah, thing, no, it definitely but, is. It's really beautiful to watch and to observe because the amount, the intuness and embodiment that you have yes. to be able to be hung by hooks is staggering and yes. so mesmerizing by me, but I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. Not myself. I, I get tattoos and that's enough pain for my skin right I now. Have about uh, piercing a corset down my back though. Oh, really? I don't know that's, if that's necessarily blood play. I just want to needling. Have, yeah, needling. I, 
if it wasn't, I think I would be into needling. I'm open to it, but there's yes. a lot of buts there, right? Yes. Like the sterilization, the potential for, yeah, like yeah, it freaks me out. But man, they do some beautiful stuff there. Yeah. And the people that I know that are into needling, that they're actually overly cautious that everything's sterilized. The, the oh. people are not allowed in the room the where they do it, and they're wearing gloves. Yeah. And they're, I love my group of people I hang out with. They're very thorough in making everybody safe. So we're going to keep moving on. The other part of blood play is impact play, which is there are different devices such as the meat hammer. Mm. The tenderizer can actually draw blood to the surface and therefore you could break the skin. Uh, they have this new one called vampire play or vampire glove, which uh, has little thorns on it or little spikes okay. on it. And you can rub it and bring scratches or blood to the surface. There's also single and multiple tail whips that could be used here yeah anything to draw blood to through the surface chains and barbed wire like i said i had that wooden flooring that had the nails through it but he was very conscious of how he made it i'm bringing this one up because there's also another part that a lot of people don't think about is the menstruation yeah is considered yeah. blood play yeah, absolutely. having sex with your partner that's on their period is also considered part of this Genre. I think getting sexual gratification, arousal from having a partner on their period and you doing the things, but just having period sex is not the same thing. <laughs> but blood play, it's the physical act for sure. Right. But if neither of you are like, oh my God, I'm so horny to be covered. No, I don't consider it blood play. I consider True. it just sex. Your period. <laughs> <laughs> and it's messy. No, I'm yes, just kidding. So there's risk due to the nature of the blood and due to the risks of contamination to the body person's that is bleeding is a factor. Any piercing the skin through the lower layer um, should be properly sterilized, which is different from disinfecting. Know your anatomy. Please know the anatomy before you start, or at least the person doing it Blood should know your nerves, nerves stuff, yeah. and be aware of what damages. A lot of precautions are needed and make sure that the contamination is minimal. So please be aware. Shouldn't you, happen. Shouldn't happen. Contamination shouldn't happen. Yes. We have to be sterile. Understand about the bloodborne infections. Yep. Be aware of your STIs out there. There are some people that do blood binding, which is blood to blood. Um, I did that when I was little. Me too. <laughs> too. Blood sisters rather. Didn't know that there was a blood binding these days. So that was a learning thing. So just be aware when you do blood to blood, the transferring of um, STS. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I'm going to move off of that and go to another one. which happens to be just as fun of a conversation. It's medical play. I remember going to the first dungeon over here that I, and they had one of those tables that you and I as females would put our feet up in the stirrups. It was an actual the medical table. chair? No, the table, the whole table, the old fashioned one where you got up uh, on and they came out and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is that doing in here? And then they were talking about how there's medical play and I'm like, there's what? <laughs> role play. It is, but there, there are tools and devices that you need, but there's an actual fetish behind it where you, you're playing the medical professional and then you have your patient. There's sensory play involved. You get to act like you're a dentist and have somebody dick around in your mouth. Yeah. Oh. Uh, see? Yeah. That's part of the medical play. Let me floss you. It turns me on. <laughs> 
and, and there are actually special tools, but be aware any tool, just like any toy, should always be sterilized or properly cared for before yeah, entering for your body. Sure. So that's medical play. Have you ever done any medical play, like a doctor role playing? No. <laughs> yeah, me either. No. I haven't. I did, other than that, one time going to the club and seeing it, that didn't even know that was a thing. And then you're talking about enemas. Yeah. You're talking about. That's true. That's uh, true. Urethral enemas, all oh, sorts of stuff. Yeah. When you float the, your bladder. Oh. With a tube. No, thanks. Yeah. That one can get real deep real fast. Yeah. Urine play, is that as part of that too? Or? Yeah. There's quite a few of these that I've realized as we're talking, you can combine them and then you have multiple things yeah. going on. Okay, medical play with medical instruments. Bondage. Yeah, too. bondage. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. There's a lot that crosses over. So my last one, we're going to move on from medical play because I'm getting squirmy on that one. <laughs> I can't think of that when I go to get my annual appointment. <sighs> I'm not going to think of sex when I'm in that position. My the last one that I picked was tickling. The official terminology is a tickling fetishism. Otherwise known of a... You want me to do it? <laughs> yeah. Nismophilia. Nismophilia. Is what I'm going to say. Yes. The K in private, I think that the K is like knife, not knife. So I think it's nismophilia. Nismophilia. And it is being aroused, sexually aroused, derived from being tickled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> or tickling somebody. Common ways is a light form, like a bug tickling your hairs on your hands to full on side tickling, hard tickling, sitting on them, restraining them to be tickled. There's a couple, here's what I'll say that might be under this heading. If I have a partner that's real, real sensual and they're like knuckle down my neck, knuckle down my side, like just catching side boob a little, that type of tickle. Like a sensory? It's, yeah, but it's not like a tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> it's it just, just, it happens to tickle you. Fine. But this shit for me, no thank you. Yeah. No, no my cousin just I will piss. I know. Wait, 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 Exactly. We're going to go into the other one. See, this is crossover. <laughs> I had... I had cousins that would sit on me when I was younger and tickle me till I peed. I actually get angry if I get tickled. It is one of I my... I can get angry. I get I, angry. Yes, I definitely have a partner that gets pissed yeah. when I do. And that, to me, then inspires brat. And then I'm like, okay. And then I get in trouble. Yes, no. I have part, both partners do not like tickling. And one will even say, you're going you're gonna to make me stop breathing. So, yeah. Yeah. I I watched a documentary called Tickled and it was about the competition of tickling. And that just gave me the heebie jeebies. Uh And and I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. And it wasn't sexually. It was about, there was actually a a sport competition where they tickle. How do you judge that? Does the one person just get tickled by eight other people? I don't know. But different partners tickling. Like somebody has to be the guinea. Yeah. And then what is it makes it a good tickle? Exactly. It's not unique to every person. Yeah. Like for me, I'm going to pee. You're just going to know I'm a pee. But anyways, it was a really interesting documentary. Love to get somebody else's feedback on that one. (laughs) But we have covered some, just a tidbit of fetishes. 30 of them. And we have not even, it's tip of the iceberg. Yes. There are thousands of them out there. Dive in, learn a little bit. Consent. Consent. Communication. Knowledge. Yeah. Where can you find knowledge? 
We can find it anywhere. You can do it online. You can yes. do it through books. You can do it through videos. You can do it you can through do meeting people at munches. Meeting talking to people on FetLife. Clubs. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Do not anything that you're gonna do off of any of any list or at any time and you're a novice, don't jump in the deep end. Start small. It's really fine to work past and through quickly, but you jump into that deep end and you can damage yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yes. So let's not do that. Get into it, have a zero button. This is why I wanted to do these episodes. Give you knowledge, get you... Here, uh, here's another perfect example. Like, And maybe we're one of the kinks where somebody's getting super turned on with us. I know. know. Are you liking my voice? Like here, here here (laughs) 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 And now you learned a lot more about our sexual life. (laughs) Enjoy. I hope you had a nice happy ending on that one. And with that note, I'm going to go tell everybody to go be good humans. Go be good humans, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmictourist at gmail.com.